The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate wisdom with Carol J. Obley. Did I say that right? Is that Obley? Yes. Obley, lovely. Um, Who has written the book, Wisdom from the Spirit World, Life Teachings on Love, Forgiveness, Purpose, and Finding Peace. Carol has been a medium for decades now and teaches others how to connect as well. Welcome, Carol. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Christy. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. And you're located near the East Coast, outside of Pittsburgh? I am, but really, I I connect with people all over the place through phone readings. So I've done that for even out of the country uh, because my books are published. Um, at my publishers in England, so they get it out to wherever their uh, English is a primary language. Uh, so I've been very blessed to connect with uh, for just about every state in the United States, and then some uh, foreign countries too, uh, uh, other countries. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, The miracle of phones and the internet makes the world so small these days. (laughs) And you mentioned your books. Um, And yes, you are part of John Hunt Publishing, O Books, uh, their imprint. Um, They produce so many fine books. And the books that you've got, I'm just looking at your website. And it's Wisdom from the Spirit World that we're talking about primarily today, although we'll talk about your other books as well. And I do want to mention them, Soul to Soul Connections. Um, And then there's Embracing the Ties that Bind, Connecting with Spirit, Reconnect. And I'm, oh, I love this one. I'm Still With You, a book about. uh, That's my second book. Um, That book, it's interesting. Talk about a lesson in faith. You know, when I was writing it, I 
didn't have a publisher secured at that time. I hadn't made a relationship with a publisher. And so I sat at my computer with headsets on and I was transcribing from cassette tapes. So that was back that yeah, that, that kind of dates that. But those are um, completely real and unembellished uh, transcripts from readings that I gave. And I have them arranged in chapters based on the relationships of the communicating spirit to the sitter, the receiver of the reading. And that, that book is very near and dear to my heart. Oh, I'm sure it is. Um, I'm looking at this now. You've gotten such wonderful reviews for it, such great endorsements. Um, I know that, you know, from the work that I do and the classes that I teach, that it is so comforting for people to connect with their loved ones. It's tremendously healing. Do you find that too? It is. Uh, I have watched people when I had my office in, in person. Uh, I would see people a lot in person. Uh, I, would, I would see them go from, you know, walking in, even their body posture, their body language, and then a half an hour or an hour later, completely transform. Now, that's nothing I'm doing. I'm simply the, the conduit, as you are, uh, for that sort of thing. And it's all the healing hands of spirit to uh, be instilled with hope and you know trust and knowing that this physical life is only a very small portion of who we are that we're much much larger than the physical life not not that it's not important it certainly is because what we do here is our soul's expression and calling Yes, absolutely. And that does often involve how we end our life too, how what happens at the end and what yes. changes come about from that. And your book um, goes through all of this. I, I love it because it, it is like a primer for spirit connection, for how the world works, how the universe works, how souls work. Um, why did you choose to write this book, Wisdom from the Spirit World? Well, I have to be honest, I really didn't. Um, there, there was five years in between Soul to Soul Connections and this book. And I knew I was probably going to write another book. And, you know, it's an enormous task. Um, it's, I always say, don't quit your day job when you write a book. Um, but, and you have to sneak it in, you know, in the, the everyday writing. Uh, but I woke up um, to... July's ago, you know, about two and a half years ago. And, and all of a sudden, I knew what I was going to write about. It was kind of given to me intuitively. And it was about these lessons. And there are 10 of them in this book, Wisdom. And it, they are repeating themes that have come through thousands of readings. And uh, my spirit guides are those souls who help me uh, with the work I'm doing here said it's important that people know what these lessons are and what the themes are. Um, and so that formed the skeleton, uh, you know, the outline for this book. And then the third section also, it's divided into three sections. The third section is to help people 
um, make their own connection to understand the power that lies within them and also how to use spiritual tools. And, you know, it's interesting, Christy, because at the time I was writing this, we certainly weren't going through COVID and we weren't um, with the massive, you know, political upheaval and change that we're all going through at this time. And now when I look back, it was like spirit, you know, was giving me this material, uh, especially the third section on how people can um, alleviate anxiety and how they can find and connect more deeply with purpose and, you know, working with tools within things that don't cost any money that, you know, like mindful meditation um, merging the personality with the soul, understanding your your unique uh, talents and skills. Um, so when I I realized that, and I thought, wow, you know, this is really something that could be useful um, among many others out there today too. Um, there's so many clients I've connected with that are full of anxiety now and uncertainty, and I'm sure that you've um, spoken with a good many too. Um, so I'm, I'm very um, happy that my book in some small way help people. I, and I do think it can. The first section, you signed up for this, okay? The first section is called, literally, you signed up for this, and talks about the, well, can you tell us a bit about you signed up for this? Yeah, well, I wanted to use that for that section because it's really the first section is an exploration of how uh, as a soul, on a soul level, we make these things in my books, I call them blueprints. And what they really are are designs for living, what we're going to be experiencing here, um, what our soul needs more practice on those specific qualities, such as, you know, examples of those are compassion, uh, trust, faith, determination. These are what I call soul qualities. Um, and nurturing would be another one. And, you know, offering those things through service at the same time learning them and how we sort of plan those before we come here. And so if we understand that from the higher perspective, we can serve and we can navigate through challenges uh, a lot more easily than if we think, you know, gee, why am I cursed with this? Or why is this happening to me? When in fact, we were the ones who signed up for the lessons. And so understanding that, knowing that within difficulty, or within challenge, there's always that pot of gold in there. And that we can somehow use that to evolve spiritually. That that's the whole purpose here. And you know, there's evolution with the individual, but there's also the collective evolution that, you know, right now especially uh, that we're seeing on this massive level, uh, the whole world um, going through this. So um that's what the first section is about. So instead of looking at ourselves as victims, so to speak, we can look at and see, okay, this has happened. 
this is coming to me, this particular lesson, this particular circumstance, how can I use it to grow? How can I transcend it? I love that. And yeah, that's what it is all about, isn't it? Is just having the experience of it. It's not a punishment. It's not a reward. It's not uh, anything personal. It's just having the experience that we need to be a fuller expression of ourselves. I yeah, that. I mean, I, I myself have fallen into that. Um, you know, I have an autoimmune condition and I've really done a lot of searching. Um, why, you know, why did I get this? Why do I live in chronic pain and this and that? So in my first book, I actually, there was a whole chapter on illness as a spiritual awakening. So even, you know, something that um, a lot of us are going to experience at some point is some sort of bodily condition or illness. And how, what particular qualities is that illness making us aware of? And with me, I found that it's got me to slow down and go more into what is called, um, and Eckhart Tolle, one of my favorite spiritual teachers, calls presence. And, um, you know, being versus doing. And that has been the hardest lesson for me personally. So um, I look at what has the condition brought to me. And so I really had to do this introspection with that sort of thing. And, you know, with anything that happens to us that, that is unpleasant or painful or challenging, we can actually um, investigate that and simply observe it and say, okay, the, these qualities are here for me if I choose that. And there's a lot of emphasis in this book on the power of personal choice and the power of free will. And actually, that is one of the lessons. The power of choice uh, determines the quality of our life. And in any given moment, we always have the ability to choose how we're going to either act or react. And that's been a lesson that I've learned um, from communicating many years with the spirit world. Mm, oh, absolutely. And what's so rewarding about um, communicating with the spirit world is we realize just how limitless we are. And so when we talk about these trials, these tribula tribulations, we get the whole picture that it's really just a, a blip on our entire soul's path. Um, no, you're exactly right. I once heard the analogy that one lifetime is equivalent to one grain of sand on a beach. Can you even fathom that? I mean, when I think about that, how many grains of sand are, are on the beach? But that's how eternal and limitless our, our soul is. And if there's one thing that as a medium that I, I feel, you know, my conduit has, has attempted to bring awareness to it's that, that there's no reason to fear. There's no reason to be sad. And I'm not in any way diminishing the need to grieve. I think we do. We need to grieve that person's physical presence not being there anymore, or a pet, you know, there's many readings I've done in which pets come through as well. 
Um, but the knowledge that we are this infinite being that continues on um, in a place that's actually very similar to the earth plane. And um, I think you alluded to this before too, Christy, that what we do here determines uh, the space that we're going to be in when we go to the other side. Mm -hmm. So the quality of the consciousness that we leave the physical plane with will determine um, what our lessons are and what we really do, I'll put do in quotes, um, in the spirit world. And one of the things I've seen through countless readings is that people continue on with some of the same work that they were doing here. Oh, absolutely. I found, because I do quantum healing hypnosis technique, which is Dolores Cannon's uh, work. I've got her picture up here in my office. But I found that not only do we have a life purpose, but we have generally a soul purpose as well, something that we explore from different angles, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Some purpose, it could be compassion, but we see it from all different sides, right? Yes. And um, from my understanding, when we are in a particular soul pod, and that's a group of souls who share sort of a similar uh, consciousness, you can also call them uh, soul family. Mm -hmm. And they may or may not be, and I write about this in the book, um, and all of my books are very simply written so that people can really grasp the, the um, some more complex metaphysical concepts. Uh, but we usually don't change that group. We can spend eons, many, many lifetimes within that, that, um, that same group. For example, um, I have a sense with you that you're in the group of healers, like I am, mm-hmm. and also teachers. Mm-hmm. So, and those, those groups can kind of, you know, inter, interconnect. And um, there are soul group members for each individual that are here on the earth plane. And they're also in the spirit world. Um, And it doesn't matter because consciousness, you know, communication between uh, dimensions is uh, always happening. It's always happening, whether we're aware of it or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, this book is is full of teachings that I'm, sh- I'm sure your other books are as well. Um, part of what you write about in this first section of the book that we were just discussing is the Akashic Records. And this is something that, you know, of course, anyone who's finding information about soul path, purpose, you know, soul family, all of anyone who's doing the work we do, we all tap into the Akashic Records. Can you tell us a bit more about what the Akashic Records are? Yeah, and I, I think in the book I call them the Akashic Files. Um, it's the same thing. Um, they are energetic imprints that are connected to the soul's consciousness. They have existed since the beginning of time, whenever that might have been. And they are constantly uh, being added to. Um, You and I sitting here right now are uh, talking and doing this interview. We're adding to our Akashic file. If um, you think of a giant tape recorder that's always recording, uh, you know, and I'm probably dating myself with that because nobody uses the old-fashioned magnetic tapes anymore but you know digital recording even 
Um, that's the Akashic file. And they're, um, they're part of our consciousness. And so everything that we've been, everything that we've done, thought, uh, every experience is recorded in those files. And when we go back into the spirit world, we access those in a second. We can see everything. Um, here on the earth plane, they can be accessed through things like regression, uh, past life regression. Uh, sometimes people get bleed throughs of them in dreams. Sometimes people have um, deja vu sorts of experiences. Um, you know, there are many different ways. Sometimes we just feel, you know, if, if you've ever had that feeling that you know somebody, you meet them and you, you know you don't know them on a, on a rational level, but you, they feel very familiar. Uh, there could be, you know, a past life connection between you and that individual. Um, there's many different things that the Akashic um, can give us. Now, there's also karma in there. In other words, karma is simply a, san a Sanskrit word that means cause and effect. It's neither positive nor negative. It's simply actions uh, or thoughts that we have put out there to the and those are part of the, um, the files as well. Uh, you can access these. And, and by the way, I have a, um, uh, I'm going to be doing a Zoom webinar on the 22nd. Uh, let me check my calendar. I think, yes, it's the 22nd. Um, and uh, I'll be leading people to read their own book of life. Edgar Casey, the famous American psychic, who did his readings in the 1920s and 1930s. He spoke a lot about um, the Akashic Files. He called them the uh, God's Book of Remembrance or the Book of Life. And he, he would, Casey would go into trance and he would actually go in there and read uh, these files. And that's where he obtained his information right. to give to that individual. Um, so um, to listeners uh, of your, your um, podcast here, if you want to know more about Casey, there, um, check out the ARE, Association for Research and Enlightenment, and it is located in Virginia Beach. Um, there's a wealth of information there um, with the Casey readings um, referencing um, the Akashic Files. Yes. Um, a previous guest, Joanne DiMaggio, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She does past life regression as well. And um, she's very instrumental in the, the Edgar Casey Foundation. She had been president of one of the chapters and um, moved out to Virginia to be closer to that material. Very interesting. Yeah, this, has, this stuff has been out in the open more or less for hundreds of years, but not everybody knows about it. That's why, that's why I love this book and the others that you've done because they, they let us know all of the things that are possible. Um, now, the, the second part of it, we go over the teachings about afterlife, the bond of love, power of choice, life values. Um, our wounds do not dim the light within. I love that. And releasing the past accelerates our spiritual growth. Yeah, so you get into the more of the heart, the soul, the, the nuggets of teachings. Um, how do you feel like you approach that part of the book about the teachings? What did you, how did you determine what to put in there? Because there's so much. 
Well, again, it, um, a lot of it is from my, you know, thousands of readings. At this point, I've probably, I don't know, you know, if you use a number, uh, I think on my website, I might have 10,000. It's probably more than that at this point. Uh, and there are mediums out there who have done more, um, but I, I'm not an assembly line medium. Uh, I would rather give quality than quantity. And uh, each individual that connects with me is a sacred soul, and I consider them very important. And there's one underlying theme there. Everybody wants to know, um, you know, what lies beyond this physical plane. So um, one of the teachings, the very first one is, there is an afterlife. So, um, you know, it seems very, um, you know, kind of mundane or whatever, um, but there are some people who, you know, maybe are questioning that, you know, is there something after this? You know, because we go through this thing, the veil of forgetfulness, when we first come here. And that's so that we can focus on right here and right now and, you know, this current lifetime. Um, these were given to me by spirit, but I arranged them in repeating themes that I heard over and over again in countless readings. And um, the, the chapter that you referenced, uh, that you liked the title, um, Our Wounds Do Not Diminish the Light Within. Um, I thought that was such a beautiful title. It came to me and I'm, I'm sure through spirit inspiration. And that chapter is really about no matter what challenge that we have in life, whether it's from a bad home, uh, uh, you know, early life, childhood, um, you know, abuse, abandonment, uh, addiction, um, you know, what relationship issues, whatever it might be, those do not diminish the core identity of who we are. They are simply experiences that we have. They are not us unless you identify with them and the difference between identification and observation is identification means we take that on we we make that part of who we are and so it does in some way shape us these experiences these so-called negative or painful experiences that we go through but yet the past has no power over us, only the power that we give it. And so um, I, I see and I observe, unfortunately, a lot of people taking on a victim mentality because of their past. And so what they're really doing is preventing their own evolution, um, you know, by, by doing that. And I feel also advocating personal responsibility because it's very easy to say, oh, you know, because I had a really crappy childhood, um, I can't do this or I can't do that or I suffer from this. Whereas that was an experience that you had, but it, it doesn't dim that light that is the spark of spirit within you. It, it is an opportunity to awaken to the greater potential that lies within you. And um, Christy, a lot of those experiences, as I stated before, are planned, planned by the soul. And if you go back, you're not going to have a conscious in your rational mind remembrance of that. And I don't think a lot of people do. 
But yet, many readings I've done, when the person goes to the spirit world, they'll say, I understand now why I went through this. And they'll say that to the sitter or the receiver of that reading. And the sitter will say, you know, that's something that I always wondered about. You know, like, why did my mom have to go through that particular illness? Or why did she have such a, a, a hard life? You know, or whatever it might be. Um, so people really need to know that the past has no power. And by the way, that brings me into a, a topic that I spent a lot of time on in this book, and it's forgiveness. Yes. And, you know, I think that forgiveness is something that people don't really understand the true meaning of it. It doesn't mean that we're okaying, that we're, um, you know, we're, we're perfectly fine with what happened to us. Or if someone hurt us, what forgiveness means in a spiritual sense is a release of the past. And it means I don't want to carry that anymore. It doesn't mean a, necessarily I'm okay with it, but I'm making a conscious choice. Again, this power of choice being emphasized to release um, things that I've, I've kept the lessons, but I've re I'm releasing the pain because it ends up hurting me when I carry it. So I do spend a good bit of time in this book talking about the spiritual importance and really I, I consider it a cornerstone of healing forgiveness. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I've had some guests on this podcast who've had oh, really difficult stories, but found their way to forgiveness. And it was just so redemptive. I mean, it's like setting down a thousand pound weight and not having to carry it anymore. That that's, um, you know, essential for growth. And, you know, you mentioned um, that we choose all of our experiences. We have no cognitive re recollection that we did so. But, you know, people ask all the time, well, why would we choose cancer? Why would I choose sexual abuse? Why would I choose these things? And so what is your answer for that? Well, and I've addressed this in all of my books, on a conscious level, our personality self, our ego self, and by the way, I never demonize the ego. I think a lot of New Age teachings have demonized the ego, and it it's not to be demonized. It's simply something that we need to navigate here you know, on the physical plane, and the personality is an extension um, of the ego. When you connect the ego and the personality with the soul, that's when you offer your unique contribution to the world. So you need the personality. You absolutely have to have that. Yeah. Um, and you asked me, I'm sorry, why we go through that? Right. Somebody, people ask me all the time, well, why would I choose to be sexually yeah. assaulted? Why would I choose to have incest in my family? Well, on a conscious level, we don't choose these things. Certainly, you know, I think about my personality. Would my personality be able to do most of the things I've done in life? No. My, my soul, however, is the one that I, I try to let in charge of. Things. You know, we can either lead through personality or we can lead through soul or we can lead through optimally the combination of those two things. 
So, and I, I mean, lead, you know, live life. That, that's what I mean by lead. We can lead our life that way. Um, so we wouldn't choose it on a conscious level. But on a soul level, this, you see, you have to understand the soul in its perfection only knows the expression of the divine within. It doesn't know about suffering. It doesn't know about time. It doesn't know about limitation. Um, it knows only about the expression of the divine. So we come here into this physical world, which is a world of duality. We have good and bad, dark and light, male and female. We have um, you know, things that are highly positive. We have things uh, that are ugly. We have things that are beautiful. There's always these contrasts through, here's the paradox. And I find that the more that I go on to the spiritual pathway, the more highly paradoxical it is. Through duality, we learn oneness. Through duality, we learn unity. So, you know, experiencing pain is a powerful motivator and a great opportunity, a greater opportunity to awaken to the divine within than, you know, when everything is rosy and peachy and, you know, there's no issues. Seldom do we learn that way. We, we just... We just don't learn that way. We usually learn through pain. And, you know, we can learn through joy. And hopefully, you know, humans will come to that point. Um, but most of us have to experience some form of suffering. And this sounds very Buddhist in nature, what I'm talking about. And, it, and you know, Buddhism talks a lot about the nature of suffering and the world being suffering um so it's a great opportunity to um awaken and you know you've probably heard that expression i'm probably going to paraphrase it but you know pain is is necessary suffering is optional or something like that you know we can we can make that choice so we're all going to fall down we're all going to you know hit our knees we're all going to hit our head we're, we're going to have pain but the difference is what do we do with that? Are we going to learn from it? Are we going to stay stuck in it? And I think you and I both know people that we've encountered that stay stuck in it and they keep going on that merry ground. So there's always um, free will though, to make the choice yeah. to another lesson. You know, the power of choice determines the quality of our life. Did you know that Radiate Wellness has a subscription-based premium content Facebook group? Think of it like the premium version of this free podcast. In this premium Facebook group, you can find great content like replays of online classes, meditations on angels, chakras, mindfulness, and more, guest speakers, mini classes, polls, plus you'll be the first to know of guests that we have scheduled for the podcast and can submit questions for them. You get all of this great content for one low monthly price, and the first month is half off. You can subscribe by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash shop. Click the subscriptions button, and you're in. Also, while I have your attention, wherever you're listening to this free podcast, if you could just do us a couple of favors, please. One is go to hit the subscribe or follow button. 
Then you'll be notified of all of the episodes we have coming out each week. Also, please rate and review. It sounds really simple, but it helps us to grow our audience when people are looking for great podcasts. And when we grow our audience, we can do bigger and better things and bring you even more great guests. So please do those couple of things, and that will help us grow this audience and this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, there's always that choice to come off of that wheel of suffering. Mm-hmm. And so when we do talk about the Akashic Records, um, you know, when we talk about the plan that we made for our life, what is the role of choice in that plan? Can we veer from that plan? Yes, I, I believe that there is um, there are options. And that is precisely why in my writings, I have called these things, these um, <clears throat> agreements, uh, I have called them blueprints instead of contracts. Yeah. Because to me, a contract is you sign on the dotted line and there's no wiggle room. Now, with a blueprint, it's sort of more a, an outline that you can fill in, that the soul can make choices within um, that design. And so say, for example, that one of my my blueprints is, you know, I'm looking, I'm from this soul perspective. And I, in the, in the first part, I give a little analogy, you're floating high above and, you know, you, you, you think about what, what do I still need experience with? What, what's going to make me grow more? And so um, I look and I go, well, I need to learn more compassion. I, I need more exercises in compassion. So I believe that we have choice as to how we're going to learn these particular qualities. So, for example, if I chose compassion, um, you know, I might choose, I might be born into a family um, that I, I suffer a lot of abuse. And so I have this, this ability then when I, when I grow up and come out of there, am I going to um, extend compassion in some way first to self? to self and not thinking I'm worthless, you know, like I grew up with that message, but really extending compassion to self, then radiating them out to others. Um, or I could perhaps be, uh, choose to work with abused animals, abandoned animals. I could choose to work with the elderly. I could choose to work in some way with teaching children who are, are challenged. There's many ways we can express compassion. I could go to um, countries that are very poor. And I'm thinking of like a Mother Teresa who was, she had to be working on compassion, you know, in that, in the, the lifetime she had. Um, so there's many different um, options, I believe, that the soul can meet um, its karma uh, in, in, a, in any given lifetime. Right, right. I always see it as, um, you know, our various lifetimes, for example, we're working with the theme or the, the sole purpose of compassion. One lifetime, we need to be abused. Another lifetime, we need to witness abuse. Another lifetime, we need to be the abuser so that we can see this issue from all sides and that yes. we can have that full reckoning. I will tell you that what you just stated I have personally seen, I, I no longer do regressions for clients. I do um, 
one of the things I do is Akashic record reading where mm -hmm. I'm, you know, connected with a client and I'm, uh, I have them prepare ahead of time, you know, with a couple of challenges they've had or things that they want to investigate more deeply. And then I go into the Akashic and read, where did that come from? And one of the things that I've seen is that there's, there's this flip-flop sometimes of roles and it could involve uh, someone else from the soul family. Um, you know, that could be a current family member for them, but someone biologically related. It could be a friend. It could be a coworker. Uh, it could be a spouse, a partner. Um, but, you know, generally we travel with people. And yes, there I've often seen this flip-flop of roles. And it's almost like the soul needs to hold up this um, lesson and examine it from all different angles and to look deeply within it. And um, we always have the choice to change, you know, within any, any given time as far as how we're going to relate to that karma that, that we've chosen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, in your in your writings, you write about your awakening to the practice of mindfulness through a bout of severe anxiety. Um, how did that help your perspective? Yes, and thank you for bringing that up because I feel it's very important, mm -hmm. especially at this time that we're in, for people to know that there is a valuable resource within every human being, and that's the breath. And the breath is always available to you. You wouldn't be here without it. Uh, you can connect with it at any time. Don't close your eyes if you're driving, but um, mindfulness is, is very simple. A child can do it, an elderly person can do it. And it's simply focusing on the breath, allowing the breath to pull you into the present moment, out of the past, and anxiety especially is based in the future. Uh, Eckhart Tolle says, uh, anxiety is what happens between now and then. <laughs> that's, that's what he says about anxiety. And that's true. Um, so what happened to me was I, I was in such severe anxiety at the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I went to counseling. Uh, I think everybody at some point can benefit from, you know, even having psychological counseling. Um, and I started on the, an eight-week program of mindfulness and doing the meditations two or three times a day. They're they're you know they're very simple and they're they're short meditations, maybe ten minutes max. And so what I noticed was that within my breath, that's where spirit is. Spirit being the God energy, right? And I actually literally heard in my head, and I wrote this in in the book when my mind was in this loop, and that's what anxiety is, it builds upon itself. And it was in this endless loop of just going over and over and over. And, you know, I'm sweating and my heart is racing. and I couldn't sleep. I heard in my head the voice, I'm in your breath. It was barely discernible. It was almost a whisper. And I heard spirit speaking to me like that. I tear up about it because it was such a, a horrible time and from 
from when I was young, I've had anxiety attacks and panic attacks. And this last bout about did me in. It was so terrible. Um, so once I started on that program, um, it changed my life. It was certainly not overnight. And I'm not here to, you know, say you're just going to snap your fingers and it's going to be instantly better. But once you start to retrain this monkey mind, they call it, um, you can have that accessible tool. It's always there for you. Uh, it's free. It's yours for the asking and to use that. But it really helps to bring your focus back to front and center. And it really does help with anxiety. Absolutely. And what you say about the breath and I, you know, the spirit saying I am in the breath, that's what inspiration literally means. I know. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful what our language tells us? Yes. A long time ago, I took uh, Kundalini yoga. Mm -hmm. and um, I remember the teacher saying that and she, she said, and she was a wonderful teacher. And she said, um, you know, it wor Kundalini works with the breath of ra raising uh, that life force energy at the base of the spine in the tailbone. And when you start to awaken spiritually, um, and this is not just for you or me, it's for anybody, you know, it, it's, it's a human um, condition. When we start to awaken spiritually, that energy starts to come up the spine. Well, you can make it happen faster by breathing and releasing and issues might come up for you. But I remember her saying, inspiration means to literally inhaling spirit, you know, um, and inviting spirit in um, and into your, uh, into your soul, your body, your mind. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. Um, you know, you mentioned certain resources to build one's spiritual connection. I'm sure that's in addition to the breath, in addition to mindfulness. Um, what are some of these other resources that you talk about? Yeah, well, one of them is connecting with nature. Oh, yeah. I always say, if you want to understand God or spirit, my word for God is spirit. Um, if you want to understand spirit, turn to nature. Because it, um, nature operates through these things called natural law. Uh, natural law are immutable principles that govern um, everything. And they are immutable. They are eternal. And whether you believe in them or not, uh, they are all, always operating. So nature is pure in that sense. It's only when humans interfere with nature, and we, we see this all the time, that some kind of destruction takes place or things come out of balance. So nature is, um, you know, opening your senses without labeling things. If you take a walk outdoors, if you go and sit in the park, uh, go in your backyard, you know, look at a tree. A tree emanates presence. Flowers emanate presence. And without labeling them, just experience that. That unto itself can is a form of meditation. Uh, so that's a very important spiritual tool. Um, we talked about meditation um, and mindfulness. Those are that's a very important spiritual tool. Um, prayer, you know, and that's more of putting out there and communing with higher source making that connection, 
Um, and sending good and positive thoughts to other people, that is prayer. Yes. I think sometimes people don't like the word prayer, you know, especially metaphysically inclined people, um, because they equate it with religion. And yes, it, it is a word that's used in religion, but it can also mean positive thoughts. Um, if you're praying for someone who's ill, you know, see them as healthy, see them as happy. Um, you know, and even if they're not open to receive that, you can lay it at their feet like a gift. And, and none of that is ever wasted. Um, the other thing that I mentioned, another tool is connecting with non-human beings. And those are animals. Um, I love animals. I am passionate about animals. I've done charity work a lot. I have a big event coming up in which I'm donating 100% of my mediumship to the animals. Um, and I think animals are very important spiritual teachers for us. Uh, they come with the identity of presence. They don't have this thing called an ego and they, they or a personality. And I mean, yes, we have pets that have personalities and certainly that's true. But they simply are in the present moment and we can learn from them. You know, if you go out and say, and you have a dog and you're gone five minutes out, when I used to have dogs, I have cats now and they're, they're, they teach me a lot about Zen, you know, about being in the moment. Uh, but a dog has no concept of time. If you're gone for five minutes or five days, they're going to greet you the same. And they're, they're excited to see you. And, you know, they, they don't have that concept of, of time. So we can learn an awful lot from connecting with the animals. And they teach us about compassion. Um, I, I have such, I, I, am, um, I don't eat animals. I've given up, that up. I wrote about that in a book. Um, I watched a couple of factory farm videos, and that was the end of that for me. Um, so they teach us about uh, compassion. They teach us about presence. Um, they teach us about nurturing. Um, I just posted, a, um, I spend a lot of time on social media, um, and I posted um, a video of, um, and this just happened. It was a gorilla, an endangered gorilla that gave birth. And you should see her with this little, this baby gorilla. I mean, she is holding this gorilla and will not put this baby down. Um, and so I watch those things and I feel, I feel that within my soul. And it, everything stops for those few moments that I'm watching that sort of interaction, you know, with animals or between animals. Um, so I hate to call them because they're living beings. They're not a tool, but um, it's something that we can do um, to, you know, even with birds, you know, we can listen to the birds singing, um, even if you don't have pets. Um, and without labeling them, you know, oh, what kind of bird is that? Just enjoy the sound of the bird and the presence um, and a lot of times I think that they bring us into presence, you know, if we just, if we are alert to sound, if we go out, outdoors. Um, so a combination of all those things. Another tool is writing, keeping a spiritual journal. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a very important tool, um, you know, because um, when I took my early training in mediumship, we did a lot of writing. 
And our teachers were very adamant about when you do meditation or, you know, you're learning how to do readings, write some, write things down. Um, and then you can access it again and you can learn from that. Right. Um, and you have done uh, some extensive training in mediumship and healing and metaphysical topics. Um, how long have you been doing, how long have you been doing this kind of stuff? About 30 years. Um, maybe a little bit less than 30, maybe, I don't know, 26, 27 years. Um, but the very first thing, and you and I were chatting a bit before, um, the podcast, uh, I started out with Reiki, uh, the Japanese healing modality, hands-on healing. Um, I started with that and I, I, um, I allowed about, you know, a year or so in between the levels and I, I got my mastership many years ago. Um, I, it's a very useful energy. And then I started taking a lot of classes. There was a metaphysical center in a small town. Who would think, you know, uh, but in a small town that's not far from me here. And then I went to a place called Delphi. It's near Atlanta, Georgia. And I've taken many classes and I've also taught many classes at Lilydale, New York. Uh, which is a huge, um, well, it's not huge, but it, it is the largest um, spiritual center for, uh, uh, largest U.S. center for spiritualism. Right. It's, it's really, comparatively speaking, it isn't large. It's sort of a gated community. Everyone that lives there is a medium. Um, but they bring nationally known people in there, um, you know, to teach and so forth. Uh, I've taught there many times. And, um, you know, so I've taken a lot of training there. I continue to take training because um, you can't rest on your laurels, as I know you know, uh, in this field. It's constantly, spirit is constantly working with us to um, kind of upgrade. I always say it's a, it's a self-upgrading program, you know, when you're doing healing work for others. And you always got to clear out your own stuff, too. Um, so I've taken a lot of, I've taken online training with John Holland, um, and, um, and some, some different teachers. Um, and, um, I continue to do that because I, I want to keep growing and I want to be better, um, so that I can bring more when I do do my readings for people. Oh, absolutely. When well, there is so much to learn too. And everyone seems that we're we're all now in this downloading process. We're downloading all this information, and it's you know it's almost like whack a mole. I'm trying to play that whack a mole game. We're trying to find out all of the information that we can. Um, so yeah, you've been at this a long time, and have God done thousands and thousands of readings, about ten thousand and teach as well and do workshops and things like that and write your write your books you're just um you know swimming in all of this your website is soulvisions.net all of your books are on there you have cds too tell me about the cds yeah and if i may christy um I, i connect with a lot of people and post a lot on my professional page on Facebook, and that's facebook.com mm-hmm. uh, slash soul medium, S-O-U-L plus the word medium, facebook.com slash soul medium. Uh, my CDs, uh, Igniting Your Spiritual Intuition, 
that's a a compilation of about 10 years, uh, probably more than that, of teaching. There's three CDs in there plus a workbook that accompanies it. And it's to help people with home development and intuition, with a spiritual emphasis. And um, reconnect is two two guided uh, meditation CDs on there, the Healing Temple and... um, uh, connecting with the other side is one of them too to help people do that on their own. And I'm always reminding people, you know, you have the ability within yourself, and because of the bond of love, you know, to connect with the loved ones, you have the most important, necessary ingredient uh, ingredient to do that, and that's the bond of love uh, with your loved ones, whether it's humans or pets, you know or friends, whatever, your family, friends, and and pets. Um, And then healing always emanates from within, too. So, um, And those feature, um, that particular CD, Reconnect, it features uh, crystal bowls and shakuhachi flute. And um, it's, um, it's, it's pretty ethereal. I've had people tell me they really go into, uh, they can really go deeply with that particular CD. So... Um, I'm pleased to offer that as well. Oh, that is wonderful. Yes, there's so much that people can do on their own. Uh, There's tons and tons of resources and tools out there for folks who want to take a deeper dive and and explore what they can. And I always like to say that, you know, you can cut your own hair, but sometimes it's better if someone helps you with that. (laughs) And so we can connect on our own, but sometimes it's better if we've got a professional to help us and you offer readings around the world don't you yeah i've been i've been blessed uh to connect with people from all walks of life and um as i said uh, almost all of the united states and that's all through the telephone i have my good old-fashioned landline here it never lets me down uh, <laughs> Um, you know, so, um, but for international people, I also do Skype. Um, so either, either way, but I read very well. I've also done many, many years of radio. I, I, early in my career, spirit put me on the radio or early and, um, it was kind of nerve wracking in the beginning, but, uh, I really, because I'm highly clairaudient and that means being able to hear spirit, um, as well as clairvoyant and clairsentient, which is feeling and you know seeing. Uh, I've done a lot of radio readings, and um, you know these are many readings, but I I um, I've tuned in pretty well, you know, through doing those live. Um, so those are part of my thousands as well that I've done on the radio. Wonderful, um, and I see that people can schedule a reading with you online going to your website and then you also offer your classes and workshops as well as webinars there that is great well what's what's next for you do you have another book that's in the works or in the pipeline well it's not in the works but i'm i already got the idea for it and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spill the beans on that but it is going to be something that will be definitely directly inspired by um by spirit in other words those who work through me um my own spirit guides are um 
wonderful. And um, I, I sometimes ignore them just like they ignore me sometimes. But uh, you know, I have the quietest spirit guides in the universe. I swear <laughs> they, the, they, they take this hands-off approach and they're like, no, you got to figure that out for yourself. You know, we're not going to give you the answer. And they have literally said that to me sometimes. Um, you know, you have to evolve through that. And there's times, you know, in readings where there, somebody asks a question and I'll say, you know, what about this or that? And I won't get an answer to it. And I tell people, it's not me. It's something, it's karmic. You have to evolve. The situation has to unfold in the way it's going to unfold. You know, if I tell you something, that's going to color that situation. So my, my spirit guides will, will do that with me sometimes too. Oh, yes. They tell me all the times about uh, relationship questions. It's like, we're not giving you the answer. That's going to color. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. But yes, I, I will be writing another book and it will have, um, this one is going to be very easy to read. All my books are, are pretty simple to read. There's a lot of dialogue in them. Um, and this next book I feel is probably going to be a lot of spiritual teaching, but broken down in a way that people can really, it's going to be very accessible so that people who aren't, you know, highly knowledgeable about metaphysics or whatever, um, can really apply it. And I'm extremely practical in nature because I'm a sun sign Capricorn. So um, I'm very, I'm always looking at usefulness. How can you use that, you know, that information? How can you make it practical into your own life? Mm -hmm. Oh, wonderful. I, I love that. I too am a very practical spiritual person because we have to function in a practical world, in a pragmatic world. Absolutely. You need balance is everything. You need both. Yeah, absolutely. You do. You do. Well, Carol, thank you so much. This has been just wonderful talking with you. I've been so excited because your world is my world. (laughs) Everything that you do, I'm just eager for more, eager for more. And it's been a great uh, time to connect with you. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. My pleasure, Christy. Wonderful interview. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. 
Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.